this morning we're going to be talking about a number of scriptures um, and from a number of scriptures uh, in which Paul in particular uh, talks about the fact that we are running a race, a race of life, and it's a race of Christian life, and uh, how we are to run that race and how we are to interact uh, with one another. And so uh, if you would turn with me in your scriptures in the Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, uh, you can follow along, and uh, if you don't have a Bible, there should be one in the seat in front of you someplace, and uh, you can follow along as we read. But we're going to be in chapter 9 of 1 Corinthians to begin with. Keep your uh, Bibles ready and open, because we're going to move around to a few other spots uh, as we go here. But uh, beginning in verse 24 of chapter 9 of 1 Corinthians. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run? But only one gets the prize. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the game goes into games, goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I have uh, preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified from the race. And so it, Paul here gives us an outline of uh, running a race, and he, and he lays out for us a description of, of what that runner is running for, what he is looking for, and what he's looking for is a crown. Now, these were games that the Corinthians would have very well recognized. Uh, they, are, they were like our Olympics to them. They were a big event. Uh, they're the Isthmian Games, and they are uh, they, were, they were a big, big event annually for uh, the Corinthian area. And uh, the biggest, the most uh, prestigious of the races, or the, the events was a race, the foot race, in which the runners would uh, compete against one another. Uh, I was looking uh, online for some uh, uh, races with, the, uh, with skiers that had fallen or had a problem, and I couldn't find any, so that's why we were going to use the one uh, with the uh, running, but you kind of get the, uh, the idea. And the, and the concept that Paul is trying to put out to us here is that we are in a race. It's called life, <laughs> and it's called a Christian life. And as we run our Christian life, as we compete, as we go through life, we will have times when we fall, we'll have times when we have struggles and issues. And my challenge this morning, as we're looking at the Scriptures is that we would be those who, when we fall, when we mess up, when we have a bad experience, that we would get back up and that we would get back in the race, in the Christian race. It's so easy for us to fall and to, and to say, well, now I've messed up, I might as well just give up because I can't, I can't do it. I can't live the kind of life that God wants me to live. But that's not the challenge that we see here. The challenge is, is that when we struggle, when we have a problem, we are to get back up and uh, compete in the race. And so uh, Paul says that uh, we are running a race not for a temporal crown, but for an eternal crown, an eternal crown, a crown of life spent with God in heaven. And that's the kind of race that we are in today, and that's the kind of race that we are uh, making sure that we uh, compete in. But we don't just go out there and aimlessly run around, but rather we are to be disciplined and we are to be on task. Notice that he says, verse 26, Therefore I do not run 
like a man running aimlessly. Can you, can you kind of get the image of, of a race in which somebody is kind of running along uh, uh, maybe a distance race, you know, and, and everybody else is following the course, and this person is just kind of like going off in all different kinds of directions and, and certainly will not ever be able to win that race because they're not running on, with a goal in mind. And Paul is saying to us here, make sure that you keep in mind the goal, the end that you're trying to achieve. And it's so easy for us to to get caught up in things that cause us to run off in all kinds of directions, but we are to stay focused. We're to stay centered on where it is that God is calling us to go. The other thing that we notice is that he, he says, "I do not um, beat, or I do not fight like a man beating the air." You kind of, you know, you, you get these, this this image of boxers, right? And and one is just kind of swinging. And, and, you know, and the other one is kind of like popping pop pop the person, right? And, and the idea there is you can't just be swinging in the air, but you've got to beat yourself to the point where you're ready to compete. So that involves a lot of things, and we're going to be talking about those. But the idea here is that he says, I beat my body to make it my slave so that after I have preached, after I have told others about Christ, that I won't be disqualified because I have not followed through. I've not done those things that I should be doing. And so that's kind of the image that we have in this uh, race that, that Paul is talking about. And then over in 2 Timothy, we, we read some more scripture about this. So if you turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 4, we're going to be looking at verses 7 through 8. And in here he says this, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. Not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Again, you have that concept of running the race for a purpose. And, and so the, the crown that Paul is talking about is a crown of righteousness. And it's a crown that those who follow Christ to the very end will receive. It's very interesting, if you've never done a study uh, on the crowns that are referred to in Scripture. It's a very fascinating uh, uh, study to do. We did that as a, a, a men's Bible study years and years ago uh, when I was a very young Christian. It's a very interesting and wonderful study. Maybe someday we'll do that, do that here. But the crown of righteousness uh, is the crown that Paul is talking about. And he's lived his life. He knows he's close to the end. And he says, I fought the good fight. And I'm ready to go. I'm ready to uh, go and receive my crown, the crown of righteousness uh, that he uh, would receive. So um, let's look at a couple of the important facts or things that come out here. Uh, Scripture here is kind of making it clear that though many begin the race, not all of them will finish. There are going to be people who will say, I've trusted Christ as my Savior, and then they just turn their back on Christ, and they'll go in a different direction, and they will not finish the race. There are those who will just choose to give up and to not uh, change their life the way they need to change. And Paul's saying, don't do that. Make sure you fight the good fight. Keep pressing on. Keep moving forward. I don't know about you, but there's times when I mess up, and, and I get very discouraged, and it's like, wow, how can you do that? You know, how could you, how could you have said that, or how could you have done that, that thing? And, and, and the tendency, and Satan is whispering in your ear when you do that, right? And he's saying, give up, just give up, just walk away, just, just, don't, just don't press on. But Scripture is telling us, and Scripture is encouraging us to press on, keep moving forward, 
even when you've messed up. You have to get up and continue that race. And you have to get up and keep moving forward. So uh, the next thing that we see is that in order for us to finish the race, the the racers or those who are in the race must do certain things. There are things that we have to do. Uh, One of those is to go into strict training. You know, um, in in the uh, uh, Christian life, one of the things that we, uh, some people tend to do, and that's this. They'll come to a church, uh, maybe they'll come on a Sunday morning, maybe they'll come every once in a while, but they don't want to uh, ever go and receive any of the teaching or the training that's afforded to them. They don't ever, you know, they figure it's enough to come on a Sunday morning and hear the pastor preach. And, you know, we're blessed here with Pastor Brian. He's a wonderful uh, preacher and we love his word. But, you know, uh, that's not enough. For us to continue in our spiritual walk, when we're faced with those times when, when things are difficult, we have to have something more for us to, to uh, rely on, to hold on to. And so Paul is saying, go into strict training. Um, if you've ever trained for an event, uh, you, know, you understand that you, it takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of, of commitment and, and dedication toward uh, moving toward a goal. And, uh, and so you have to go into strict training. The strict training might involve uh, putting yourself in an inconvenient or a difficult position, but you go and you get that training. I always find it interesting that, that people uh, say, well, I, you know, I don't need to go to uh, Sunday school or adult Bible fellowship. You know, it's not necessary because you know, uh, I'm, I'm busy doing something else. Or somebody who says, well, uh, small groups are okay, but I, I'm not going to get involved with that. Or, or a Bible study or whatever else. A place where you can go and get fed and to uh, continue your training. And I, my encouragement to you is, we as people need to be involved with whatever amount of training we can get. I don't know, I, I find myself, the more I'm exposed to the Word, the more excited I get about the Word. And it's easy for us to... Uh, keep a distance from it, and then we're not as excited as we should be about that word. And so go into strict training. Make sure that you are uh, getting fed what you need to get fed. And the next thing is uh, they have a run with a goal in mind. You know, um, if you've ever run in a race, uh, I, I know it doesn't look like it now, but when I was in high school, I was actually a sprinter, okay? And uh, uh, I ran sprints and I ran hurdles. And you know, if I started to run the hurdles, uh, and, and if I started looking at the hurdle, I slowed down. I, I don't know if any of you have ever done it, if you've ever run hurdles, but as you start to approach, you're starting to think about what it is that you're involved with, and you lose track of where you're going. But if you keep your eye focused on that goal, the finish line, which is up ahead of you, you just you come up and you go over those obstacles and you keep going. And that's how you run a race. You don't run the race looking at everything that's around you, but you look at the goal, you look at the finish line. And that's how we need to live our lives. And so Paul is saying uh, we are to run with a goal in mind. What's the goal? The goal is to be more and more Christ-like. And we're going to talk about that a little bit further in a moment. So keeping your eyes focused on the finish line, keeping your eyes focused on the goal, and pressing forward, training, doing all of the things you need to do. This may involve uh, sacrificing things that distract us. You know, in in this day and age, we can get so caught up in doing other stuff that we can 
uh, sacrifice maybe our spiritual things because of all of the stuff that's going on. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You, there, there are so many things that are coming at you constantly. And, and, our, and our eye is taken off of where it is that we're trying to go. Our eye is taken off of that which is really important. And we start to focus on the stuff that's around us at the, at the moment. And, and I, I, can, I can think of a lot of things that cause us to do that. Now, I'm guilty of some of these, you know, watching too much television. Watch, you know, maybe too much time looking at the uh, things on the internet. Uh, way too much time on Facebook, you know. Uh, I go on to Facebook a couple of times a day looking at stuff, see who's, you know, if, primarily see who has birthdays or whatever coming up. And I go on there and I look. And it's interesting how some people are on there all the time. <laughs> And, and, uh, and I think about, well, could, what, what do they ever have time to do anything else? And, and those are some of the things that can distract us or keep us from where we need to be going. And, and so we all have to guard against those things, and we have to keep in mind what it is that we're trying to accomplish. We may have to sacrifice giving up something else so that we can uh, be involved with the things that do not distract us from those goals. And then we need to follow the rules. This is one of the tough parts. You know, um, do you know that there are rules in Scripture, right? There is rules in being a Christian, you know. Uh, The rules are we're to follow what the Bible tells us. We're to live the way the Bible tells us to live, not the way the world tells us to live. That's the rules, okay? And if you don't know what the rules are, then you're going to be disqualified from the race. Again, if I go out in in a foot race and uh, I think, well, you know what? This guy up ahead of me is is faster than I am. So I reach out and I grab him and I pull him back or I trip him or something. That's not following the rules. That's breaking the rules. Okay, and I'd be disqualified. The same thing is true in our Christian walk. We are to follow the rules. Christ tells us to obey my commands. Do the things that I have taught you. Do the things that I have instructed you on how to do. He, he told us in, in uh, John chapter 14, I am going uh, to heaven. Uh, this is my paraphrase. I'm going to heaven, but I'm going to send you a helper, the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's going to come, and he's going to remind you of all of the things that I have taught you. Well, what's the purpose of being reminded of those things? So that we will do those things. Not just so we'll have head knowledge about it, but that we will be putting the effort into doing those things. We're to be doers of the word, not just hearers only. And so uh, the encouragement there is for us to follow the rules. And uh, we have to do that or we, or we will be disqualified. Well, turn with me now to Hebrews uh, chapter uh, 12, if you would. Hebrews chapter 12. And uh, I'm going to be looking at verses 1 to 4. It's continuing on with the idea of running a race here. Uh, and here it says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us in the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart." In your struggle against sin, you have not resisted to the point of shedding blood. And so the idea here is we need to be pressing on. We need to be going forward. 
one of the things that we have to do as part of that is we have to get rid of those things that are holding us back, that are hindering us, that are keeping us from writing, running effectively. Again, I, I like to, to have an image that I can kind of view. And so I think about a runner. And uh, if some of you have ever done this, you know, you, you, you can get these ankle weights, right? And I've, I've, we've used those at the gym working out. You know, you get these heavy ankle weights, right? And you use those for exercise. And, and can you imagine if you had those great big heavy weights on your ankles and you're going to go out and you're going to run a marathon, right? You're going to try to run uh, 26 miles and you're going to do that with these heavier weights on your ankles. It would not make a whole lot of sense, would it? You've just added a lot of weight. And so what the scripture is saying here is we've got to get rid of those kinds of things, those things that would hinder us or hold us back, those things that would keep us from running with perseverance. You want to lighten your load as much as you possibly can. That means that sometimes we have to get rid of those things that are keeping us from having our, our uh, body in the best shape it can be in terms of running a race for God. We have to make sure that we get rid of those things, those burdens, those things uh, that cause us to tri- uh, trip and fall and stumble. And so uh, we have to get rid of everything that hinders uh, us in the race. We have to get rid of those things and we have to stay focused. Uh, one of the things that happens in, in a race uh, so often is that, you know, we stumble. I mentioned this earlier, you know, you stumble, you fall, you make a mistake, and then you kind of give up. And in the race of life, Paul is encouraging, don't give up. Keep pressing forward. Get rid of that thing that caused you to trip and fall. Well, what is it that causes us to trip and fall? It's sin. And so we need to get rid of the sin. We need to, to stop. We need to refocus and, and make sure that we are where we need to go. So sin can trip us up. Sin can cause us to fall. Sin is that, that those ankle weights that, are, that we're wearing when we're trying to run a marathon. Sin is that, that thing that, that as, I'm running, as I'm running in a sprint, you know, it, it's kind of like all of a sudden, uh, uh, if we would have seen that video I was talking about earlier, the girl actually trips on her own foot. She's trying to do something. She trips on her own foot and she falls down. That's what sin does to us. Sin trips us and knocks us down. It, it causes us to fall flat on our face. But those are the times when we have to say, I'm going to get rid of that. I'm going to push it aside and I'm going to get back up and I'm going to move forward in this race. I'm going to be uh, more and more focused on where I'm going. As Christians, we do that by fixing our eyes on Jesus Christ. We need to um, make sure that we are, are focused on and centered on Jesus Christ. He is the author and perfecter of our faith. He is the one who teaches us, who helps us in our times of need. Uh, how did he do this? How do we do that? How do we, how do we uh, make sure that we are uh, doing that? Well, it takes perseverance. Uh, it takes being focused, and it means getting up sometimes and get going again. And then getting our eyes back on the goal. The goal is to be more Christ-like. So our, our goal needs, our, or our focus needs to be on Jesus Christ. We need to be looking at Him as our example. We need to be looking at Him as the one that we are going to follow. How do, why should we do that? Well, He endured the cross. As, as Kathy was praying earlier, I, I was thinking about this part of the the message, you know, he endured the cross. Jesus Christ uh, uh, went to a cross 
to bear your sins and mine, not for anything that he had done. You know, we, we sometimes... We sometimes look at it and say, well, okay, he went and died on the cross. It's more than that he died on the cross. Yes, it's a horrible death. Yes, it's a terrible thing that happened. But in the moment, in in, in eternity, and God uh, tells us in his word that Christ was before the beginning of the world. He will be forever and ever. He never ends. So his death is is a momentary brush. It's a very small thing. But for the first time since before the creation of the world, Jesus Christ is separated from his heavenly Father. It's a horrible thing for him. He's always had this relationship. And for that momentary time, he's separated. And during that time, he's taking on himself for the first time ever. He had never experienced sin. And for the first time, he's experiencing sin. And he's not experiencing his own sin. He's experiencing yours and mine. Those sins that we commit today, Jesus Christ was taken care of when he endured the cross 2,000 years ago. Do you ever think about that? When you, when you get caught up in, in some kind of a sinful behavior, do you ever think about that it's, it's causing pain for Jesus Christ? That he's bearing something that he doesn't deserve to bear? Do, does that ever cross your mind? Is, do you ever think about that? It's a terrible thought, actually, when you think about it. Then he scorned the shame. How did he do that? He scorned the shame. The shame was hanging on a cross, being ridiculed and and, and laughed at and, and, and spit upon. But he overcame that. How did he overcome it? Because after he was dead, he was buried, he was in the grave, he rose from the dead. He overcame that death that should have held him in the ground forever. But he overcame That's why he is worthy for us to hold up as our model, as our example, uh, as we um, move forward. He finished his race. You remember the the scripture where it talks about when he was uh, in the garden and it was on the night that he was betrayed and and he's in the garden and he's praying and it it says that his sweat was like drops of blood that was coming down and, and and he's pleading, he's talking with God the Father and he's saying, you know, I, if it's possible, let this pass from me. I, I really don't want to go through this. But your will be done. And, and, and again, he says it again. I, if it's possible, God, please take this from me that I don't have to, be, have to go through this. And, and, and yet, he chooses to be obedient to his heavenly Father. And he chooses to go to that cross even though he didn't deserve and didn't have to. And he finished his race. You see, he could have quit there in the garden, couldn't he? He could have said, you know what, God, it's too much. I cannot do this. And in, in the, the earthly, the, the human side of Jesus Christ, he could have quit at that point. He could have said, I will not go to the cross and bear the shame that I don't deserve. But instead, he willingly allowed himself to be crucified upon that cross. He finished the race that was set before him. He endured, he overcame, and he finished the race. And he sets an example for us because now, because of what he did, he lives forever in heaven. And he has opened up that door for you and I to spend eternity with him in heaven. Again, not because of anything we've done, because he finished the race. Because he overcame. He has provided for you and for me that hope and that promise. So in light of what he has done, don't grow weary and lose heart. We have one who has overcome. He is in us. He helps us to overcome. He helps us to press on 
He helps us to move forward. Rather, we are to press on toward the heavenly goal by resisting the temptation that comes upon us. We are to press on. We are to move forward. It helps us to have a right example, doesn't it? Look with me, if you would, in Philippians. And we're going to look at uh, Philippians chapter 3, uh, verses 12 through 17. And, and what I want you to think about here is what it's like to have for us examples. Because, you know, if I just said to you, our, our example is Jesus Christ, our example is Paul, and you might say, you know what? Christ was perfect, and I can't model after that. And, and Paul was pretty close. I mean, he was, he's a pretty amazing guy. I mean, he was, he was not like the most of the rest of us. He, he, was a, he was a pretty committed, dedicated guy, and he's really a, a difficult example for us to follow. Therefore, we need other examples, and that means that you and I need to become the examples. You and I need to be those who people would look at and say, I want to be like that person. So look at what it says here in uh, chapter 3, verses 12 to 17 in Philippians. Not that I have already obtained all this. He's talking about a, a spiritual life, a perfect life, or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ has uh, which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, I press on straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to, which, uh, to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you, will, you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. What is he challenging us here? He's challenged us to be more like Christ in every way. He's saying of himself, Paul is, I wasn't able to achieve that. I wasn't able to become perfect. I wasn't able to be exactly like Christ. I failed. I, I had problems. I had issues. And within the church, we need to be modeling for other people a life that demonstrates righteous living, uh, sinless living. Now, we'll never achieve sinless perfection. I understand that. But we should be striving toward it. We should be working toward it. We need to become the examples. Now, if you're a brand new believer, maybe you trusted Christ yesterday, somebody who becomes a believer today is less mature than you are because you have uh, one more day of experience. You need to be pressing on. You need to be setting an example. So I'm not talking about just because I have gray hair that I'm automatically more mature. In fact, in some ways I might be far less mature than somebody who doesn't. But where I am, I need to be a model, an example, and you do as well. How do we do this? Well, we, for, we do it by forgetting what is behind. We, 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 we uh, get rid of those things that, that are holding us back, those things that that remind us of our failures, okay? Uh, so we have to strain, we have to push, we have to, to work hard at being more like Christ. I know some of you are, are uh, runners and, and athletes and people who are out there, and I know that it doesn't come easy. It takes a lot of hard work. You have to keep pressing, you have to keep moving forward. The same is true for us as Christians. And we need to set a, an example, a model. I don't know about you, but you know, if you've decided that you're going to go out and do uh, uh, some kind of a sport and you have no uh, real experience at it, 
it's helpful sometimes to come alongside somebody who maybe is very accomplished in that area. I played a lot of basketball in my younger years. And so uh, when our grandson Dalton started playing basketball, I, I worked with him on his shooting and his follow through. And about a year or so ago, we were visiting with him when he was still healthy enough to play basketball. And we were talking a little bit. And, and he's a good shooter. And he said, Grandpa, it's because you showed me how to do it right. And that's the way it should be for us in our Christian walk. We need to have models, examples for us who show us how to do it right. And my challenge to you today is, are you being somebody who helps to show what it's like to be more like Christ? Or are you just going along with the, with the program? We have to press on, ignoring distractions. We have to get rid of those things that, that cause us to look right and left and to do the things that, that, that keep us from pressing on and being what we should be. Mature believers should be examples. We're, we uh, uh, need to, to be like it talks about in Hebrews. And so if you would turn with me one more section of Scripture, Hebrews chapter 10. Uh, Hebrews chapter 10. Um, Last piece of scripture, 24 and 25. This is talking about the church coming together on on Tuesday morning as we were in in our Tuesday morning Bible study. Uh, My friend Jim Ferris started uh, talking about this and I said, wait a minute, and and, and, uh, Dennis Caldwell picked this scripture and they were kind of thought, I said, stop, wait a minute, I'm going to be preaching on that on Sunday, so quit quit preaching the message here on Tuesday, but they're doing a great job of focusing on this because these are good words. These are good scriptures for us. Verse uh, uh, 24, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. It's talking about the church coming together, the church coming and being together so that we can do this with one another, spur one another on. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as we see the day approaching. Do you see the day approaching? I see the day approaching very quickly. And and we need to be setting an example. We need to be a model as a church of those uh, who need to have it. And so um, these verses are telling us that we are to, uh, as mature believers, we should be examples. We should come together more and more and spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Um, my, uh, My nephew who lives down in Green Bay, his daughter... Is, uh, took up swimming uh, about a year or so ago, competitive swimming. She's uh, 10 years old, I think. And, uh, but she's in, involved with this competitive swimming. And she was sharing with us, they were up at, uh, before deer season, uh, he brought her up and they were doing some stuff at our camp and we were chatting. And, she was, and they were telling the story about uh, when she was in the water swimming, some of the, the, the swimmers who were older than her, who, who uh, had been competing for a lot longer time, those, those uh, older kids you know, they're probably 11 and 12 year olds, right? But, but they were standing on the side just cheering her on, cheering her on. Come on, keep going, you can do it. And she wasn't, you know, she was back in the race. She wasn't winning the race, but they were cheering her on. Keep going, keep going. They were spurring her on. That's what spurring on is. Keep going. Don't give up. Don't stop. You can make it to the end. And, and sometimes we worry so much, am I in first place or second place? You know what? The biggest goal is to finish. Finish the race. Get to the end. And that's what these kids were saying to her. Don't worry about what place you're in. Finish the race. You can do it. Keep going. And we need to do that more and more. Spur one another on toward love and good deeds. 
And I'm not talking about uh, spurring somebody on who's in a losing race. Uh, Alistair Begg was a speaker uh, last year at the uh, uh, pastor's conference down at Moody Bible Institute. And, and he got up and he was sharing and he, and he was talking about, he said, as a, somebody from another country, he came to his first uh, uh, football game. And he was at this football game and, and he said the cheerleaders were out there going, you can do it, you can do it, you can, you can. He said, that was hogwash. The team was behind 48 to nothing. How in the world were they going to win? It's fourth quarter. The game's over. They've lost. But you know what? In the church, we know that we're on the winning team. Christ wins. Did you know that? And we need to spur one another on. We need to encourage one another. Keep going. We're on the winning team. We are going to win. And it doesn't matter if the score is 48 to nothing. It doesn't matter what the score is. We win. Because Christ overcame the cross and you and I are winners. We're on the winning team. So press on. Keep going. Encourage one another toward love and good deeds. We have to, we have to make sure we, we don't stop coming and meeting together. Not just to meet together for meeting purposes but to meet together with a goal and with a purpose. Let us encourage one another. Encourage one another more and more and more as we go. I, I was challenged uh, as, as the person who's in charge of adult Bible fellowships. I, I, I was told recently of somebody who was not aware that they had been attending for almost a year. We're not aware that we had small groups. I'm in charge of small groups. And I, they, and I wasn't... I was shocked to hear that, and, and I was thinking back, and over the course of the past year, I know that I've written about it a number of times in Bethel Matters. I know that I've talked about it a few times up here in the front, and, and it's possible that people just don't always connect. But I just want to remind all of us that here at Bethel, we do try to set example. We do try to give people an opportunity to come together and to grow and to mature in their spiritual walk. And one of the ways that we do that is that we have adult Bible fellowships. It happens between this service and the second service. And it's a great opportunity to come together and we develop relationships with one another and we learn the Word of God and we can encourage one another and we can press, help people to press on toward that goal. And sometimes I know that I really appreciate the prime timers. And, and Jack Brown, I want to just single you out as, as a wonderful model uh, of Jack will send out periodic um, uh, emails asking for prayer for somebody in their adult Bible fellowship. It tells me that he's thinking about them, not just on Sunday morning, but during the course of the week. And all of us should be doing that more and more. We should be encouraging other people in their spiritual walk. And let them know that we are thinking about them during the course of the week. Adult Bible fellowships, we have small groups that meet in people's homes. Tonight, our small group is going to be meeting. Uh, we haven't met this year. We're going to be meeting tonight. We're going to have a potluck. Of course, you have to start everything with food, right? And we're going to be starting with a potluck tonight. We're going to have a great time of fellowship. I know some of the other ones are going. If you're interested in a small group and you can't find one that connects with you, please see me. We'll work on finding another one. We'll start another one. We want to have small groups. Why? So that you can come together and be encouraged. You can grow in your faith and learn more and more about the Lord Jesus Christ and press on toward that goal. That's our purpose. We have, small, we have Bible studies. We have men's Bible studies, women's Bible studies. There are Bible studies that aren't even advertisers, people that get together. I know that there are some guys who periodically get together and, and challenge one another, encourage one another with the Word of God, hold one another accountable in their spiritual growth. 
Those are wonderful opportunities. You need to be taking part in that in order to be able to run the race set before you. There are many other opportunities for growth. You just have to be the one who gets up and continues on and presses forward. The race is there. Are you going to let something trip you up and keep you from pressing forward? Or are you going to move on? You're the one who has to get up. You're the one who has to finish the race. We're going to see a concluding video. At the end of that video, our men will come forward and we'll, we'll serve you uh, communion this morning. But remember, we are in a race. Each of us has to choose what we're going to do in that race. Do we get up or do we give up? My challenge is let's get up and let's keep moving forward.